stand-up comic joke it up one time. Funny. Funny. The song is so catchy though. Yeah. But do you do a pirouette to it? Like, who does a pirouette to it? Yeah. Such a good You're cool with me. You're cool with me keeping my clothes off though, right? Sets! Welcome to Let's Talk About Sets. This is a comedy geek cast about the science and craft of stand-up comedy. I am your host. <laughs> Jeff McBride, and I have been working very hard today to learn to chill out. Uh, uh, with me, as always, is me, lung cancer hopeful yes. Harrison Tweed. I'm trying to get it before my career sets in. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be a sympathetic character in comedy history. Yeah. <laughs> and then with us today in the incredible 30 Rock studio is Brian Ang. <laughs> 30 Thank rocks. you so much. For, I, I can't believe you guys got this room. I thought you were joking when you said 30 Rock. It's yeah. crazy that we're here. I just saw Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. and I was like, why are you still here? You that show went off the air. it's super weird? We didn't ask permission. Oh. <laughs> like, this is a renegade 30 Rocks. Brian, we but, thought you'd be great for SNL when you came in. So. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> the theme today is courage, and we're going to get this started with a bit by Dave Chappelle. It's called Kneeling During the National Anthem. It's from his Netflix special, The Bird Revelation, from 2018. It took us 400 years to figure out as a people that white people's weakness the whole time was kneeling during the National Anthem. <laughs> That's a brittle spirit. <laughs> That's right, nigga. On the rockets, regular. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Angel! the vice president of the united states got involved mike pence got involved he went to the game himself these niggers will have to stand when they sit (laughs) and all them football players looked up in the stands and saw mike pence and said mike pence come on y'all woo tang Dragon Ball Z reaction. (laughs) (laughs) I love every time he uses Wu Tang. He uses Wu Tang for so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, why did you pick this bit with respect to courage? Well, I've always loved Dave Chappelle for how how much courage he has, but that bit particularly, and actually that set particularly, like it got so Mm. much praise and also so much flack for being so brutally honest. And Mm -hmm. I I just thought that that was so courageous and not only to attack the ridiculousness of being mad about the national anthem kneeling, but also just saying brittle spirit, just like openly saying like, in the face of rampant patriotism, when you challenge people's patriotism their nationalism who oh people yeah. get that's like a that's like violent level yeah, yeah. You, you like this particular bit because we're talking about like the symbols of patriotism and he's in its face yeah i mean and you know we could do the whole go down the road of why the kneeling is important and fine and a you know peaceful protest but in reality it was just kind of 
more of we try to do this all the time as comics is take a premise that is i mean that was at the height of it that was you know it was at the beginning of it mm-hmm. and before a lot mm-hmm. of people got on board there was a lot of resistance i think it's so brave to do a topic that at the time people may not be on your side with it like it's easy to yes. do certain jokes where you know most people are on board but to go in early and bring it up and be honest about it knowing that maybe not even the majority of the audience is on board with it so that's yes i showed my one of my best friends who's not a comedian this special he had never seen it and we were just like smoking pot and i was like do you want to watch this you've never seen it and he was like yeah and we watched it and he's not like a heavy laugher like you know he'll like laugh but not like ah. so I couldn't really tell what he thought of it after and I was like did you like that and he was like yeah I really liked it and I don't understand why he doesn't run for office <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was like he talks about uh, things that are so difficult to talk about in such an honest articulate way yeah. that where it's like it's empathetic but it's also like brutal as it needs to be I think yeah. I know why he doesn't run for office yeah. <laughs> because being a comedian is a great life. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And it being in the public service sector like that yeah. seems like a nightmare. <laughs> oh, the word. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. I liked what you said about um, not you, Harrison. I don't care what you said, but like, but you, <laughs> what you said, Brian, about you're talking about things where you don't know that people, or you maybe even know people are not going to agree with you right away or you, at all. That takes courage. Oh, yeah. It's the this is what I think about this being honest and true and staying true to who you are and what you believe, even if you don't have the support at the time. And outside of comedy, when you see those heroes of civil rights and science revelations and all those things, those people being brave when no one else around was on board with it. Let's go to the actual root of the word. So courage comes from the Latin word C-O-R, core, which means heart. The original like definition and usage is, from what I read, is it's to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. And it, like that's a courage, which makes sense. Like courage, coronary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? It's, it, yeah. So, and I think that to speak one's heart is vulnerable. You don't have a layer of abstraction between you. You don't have a character between you and the people. If they disapprove or disagree or really hate you for what you said, and it was from the heart, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, you. And not doing the. And I, I'm infamous for doing these. Is the bailouts oh. sometimes? Oh where yeah. Where you do the joke, and if you can start up, start feeling like that thing of like you talk about those risky topics, and then being well, that just my two cents is a cis straight white male you know that kind of thing right, that brings you out of it but standing you know standing firm in your feet mm-hmm. and just going here's the bet this is why it's hilarious courage is is the requirement to face what you fear but if you're not afraid you don't need there's no courage fearlessness and courage are not the same thing yeah you don't need courage if you're not afraid like you just you could just like do it fear i feel yeah. like fearless comes along with being stupid and not knowing what's going on <laughs> yeah. courage is i know these stakes and i'm still gonna have to push through on this and i always like dave Chappelle because i felt like he gave me 
courage coming up because when the Chappelle show came out, I was a, my parents split up and I went and lived in the projects with my dad. So I was mm-hmm. a suburb kid in the projects and a project kid in the suburbs and both communities hated me. <laughs> and then the Chappelle show came along and I was like, I can do this. And then that was the thing of like, Oh, I can work those. And angles. So then you just went around saying I'm Rick James, bitch. Yeah. Everybody accepted and everybody. everybody accepted. <laughs> no, when I was with, when I was with my buddies in the projects, they were like, do the white voice, like do, do that. <laughs> and I would just talk and they'd be like, that's it right there. And then, uh, and then I would explain all the black references to my white suburb friends. <laughs> and they'd that's be funny. like, do the black voice. And you're like, nope. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, what's a washcloth? And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so the other definition of it, by the way, is strength in the face of pain or grief. And you know, I want to get like take a step back before we get too up on my own asses about how brave. Like, okay, it's you don't. Know, it's not the same kind of bravery as a fireman going into a burning building and taking some. Like that's, yeah. that's that to me. It's like there's we're afraid of feeling bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, there are other dangers, and I want to get to that. But like for the most part, we're afraid of bad feelings. We don't. Yeah, we Shame, don't have embarrassment. Well, Although public it, embarrassment is the worst. It is not the worst. Public embarrassment. It's not the worst at all. Oh, you mean, no, no, no. I don't mean the worst of getting like burned in a fire uh, versus it. I, I'm saying but. there's fear of genuine danger to your yes, person. Yes, yes. Or just feeling bad. Oh, God, they hate me. I've done Trump jokes, which in New York City, not that risky. Yep. But I got punched twice last year for making fun of Donald Trump. Like, it's oh, reaching a point where yeah. sometimes the open word is, it's not a fireman, it's not a Marine, but it is these things where it's getting to a place where, yeah, people Can are getting go back to just what you just said? You were punched twice? Twice last year for making now, fun of Donald Trump. Now, are these two separate women? Or just <laughs> knocked me out hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're into some kinky shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I not make that clear? Yeah, it was definitely a sexual thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was making tr- jump jokes in bed to a Republican yeah. woman. Yeah. It was Ann Coulter. Yeah. <laughs> that woman can she packs a, pu- a something about yeah, oh, something about does. her skeleton frame really. Yeah, and her sunken eyes. Uh, yeah, Skeletor's daughter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so you were punched twice. Yeah, and these are two separate instances. Where were you? Actually, one I was in New York City, uh, and then the other one was upstate. Mm-hmm. And once I was on stage, once the guy was waiting for did, me. Let me ask you this though: in those bits, did you at least try to be funny? Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it had nothing to do. <laughs> I, I, the whole audience wanted to hit me because I was doing so. No, it wasn't even heavy Trump stuff, but it's at a place where. Yeah, you got to go up and yeah, yeah, you got to speak your truth and sometimes you get swung at. I think it's courageous for Dave Chappelle in this material to talk about the things he does talk about. However, I don't really think he probably feels much fear at all anymore. His career has already been like taken from him or he walked away from it. He has the best platform to be able to be an honest comedian. I think he's closer to fearless than he is courageous at this point. I would guess he just doesn't feel the fear anymore. He has a fucking giant fan base. He can go anywhere he wants to perform anywhere he wants. He's He's got plenty of money. So it's like, what is he really afraid of? I agree. I think, th- I think that's going to become more and more of a thing, especially when you have people getting smart and having either their own networks or working out deals where they control their product and that kind of stuff. Um, you know what comics Wait, say, I'm going to go back on my point. 
he does talk about how he gets backlash. This is the real actual danger now that didn't exist before. He does get backlash within the media for things where people take stuff out of context and turn him into, oh, he's a anti-trans, he's an anti-gay, yeah. and they take it completely out of context. I would guess he's a little like afraid of like, God, how, how rough is this one going to be? But that's probably about it. Yeah. I mean, he even talks about it in his, I mean, yeah. the, the four specials he released in so two good. years. God, they're so good getting backlash for what he says and this and that. And I think we're also, before we even dive in even further, we're all three conscious comedians who are not saying that blanket, any blanket statement can be made and no one should be, you know what I mean? Like there's comics who are like, Oh, everyone's super offended. Like you said three racial slurs and had nothing, <laughs> no point to it. Yeah. So it's not that people should be able to say whatever they want or this and that, but th- yeah, he does risky jokes and he, you know, sometimes does get in trouble and he even talks about that he goes i hate if i had a fan who was trans who found what i said offensive and this and that like yeah yeah Yeah. i want to talk about different i don't know underpinnings of courage because the, the connotation for courage is nobility there's a noble element to it but not always. If you're saying something for a purpose, like this Dave Chappelle bit, he is, make, he is making a point. It's clearly funny first. Way to go, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he is making a point. He's saying something in the face of that like wave of patriotism. I'm willing to upset people for what I want to say or risk upsetting people. Then there's the, you can be courageous and not have any noble purpose behind just, you just be for yourself. Like I like, I enjoy the rush of pissing people off. I've seen that a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's people who are like, I love just, you know, making people mad and this and that. They love it because it's a rush. There's a fear to it. Like uh, it's, you do hold power over someone. You have the Mm -hmm. power over them and this and that. But I think of people like Muhammad Ali, uh, not participating in Vietnam. Like he, people would look at that now and are like, Oh, how brave, you know, how brave. But at the time, like everyone thought, you know, there were so many people who thought he was off. Yeah. You're not patriotic. You're this and that. And it wasn't to piss people off. It was because of his faith and his stance on Vietnam. And that was very courageous. And there's very similar things about what people are talking about right now and the risks that they're willing to take and what they're willing to talk about. And, you know, even when like that, not everyone's on board with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the opposite is what we say all the time, which is everybody here agrees with me and I'm an ally. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm an ally. I'm a blind ally. Whatever you got, I'm I'm an ally to it. There's no courage in saying like whatever problem you have, I already had a problem with it before you I even knew it was a problem. I had that problem. I'm always on your side. I'll just be quiet. Like those people that are I was just all, like... I always had perfect morals. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that those type of people... It's like, I do agree with the sentiment. It's time for like straight white men to like listen to people. I, I totally agree. But that also can be manipulated for the benefit of the straight white man that doesn't really want to say what he's really feeling. He'd be like, I'm just going to sit back and listen to all this and just not say my moral points and just act on them accordingly in the shadows. I have so much more faith in someone who does have the courage to do what Chappelle is doing, but not like a celebrity like Chappelle, just someone that is willing to be wrong in an argument and a conversation Mm -hmm. just to like find out where we're all at as a society. We need people to speak their mind, even if they're going to be wrong. And we need to speak our minds, even if we're going to be wrong. Yeah. And And that's where the good thing is when someone goes, Oh, you're wrong about that. And you take a second and go, Oh, I am. I'm I'm wrong about that. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I love how I say I'm wrong and all, all the time because I'm proven wrong all the time. All the time. And it's good. And it, it, because there are things also that are that blind ally of like, I've always been a supporter yeah. of the trans because, community. Because and you're like, like, you didn't know what that was. Yeah. Ten, like, 10 years Absolutely. ago, you had no idea what yeah. that was. And there's like the courage that it takes to say, uh, I was wrong. I didn't know the courage to look bad. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, to look bad. Those the people who say that I was always, they don't want to look bad at all. And they're afraid of being rejected or being in the wrong side of something in front of a group of people that they know how they feel. So they go, accept me, accept me, accept yeah. me. And you're, but risking that non-acceptance is fucking difficult. I think if you're bringing up a topic like Chappelle or any comic, if they're bringing up a topic, that means that they give a shit about it. They do. And I do tell many people who are those blind allies who are just, I say, you got to talk to these people who disagree with you because they're very close to not giving a shit anymore. Mm -hmm. They're going to reach a point where trans, non-binary, black, white, or whichever uh, community you're defending, they're just going to pull away and be like, okay, whatever. I don't give a shit anymore. I will say this though, like underneath what you're saying, you have a drive to, to educate um, to enlighten that's that's underneath it and and it's scary for a comedian to even admit that they want to do that it just came up recently i did a soul searching i was like why why do i do the jokes is it because i want to educate people and there's a sliver of that my thing is and i just watched uh pat oswalt was talking with colbert like i think a year ago and i just watched the clip of you can't be afraid of something when you're laughing at it and it just stems back to the people in my life that I've come and to know and stuff like that, you know, family, friends, stuff like that. I would often just be the source where I would just make fun of what was going on or I'd make fun of myself or I'd make fun of what was going on. And in that moment, that person no longer was afraid of that thing or at least they got a break. Like stand up to me is just an hour and a half where we can approach some things you're scared of or just be a break for us to just kind of goof around and do that. You can make it okay for a little while. Yeah, you make it okay for a little bit. I applaud and love comedy for laughter's sake. Period. End of story. Like it's fucking great. It's fucking great. I I do want to say like you don't always need to be doing that I, it's my favorite stuff when I walk away from it and go fuck I never thought about it like that yeah, yeah. wow uh, all right that's how I think oh shit like like I love that it's my favorite but it isn't it's not necessary yeah and and I think that it's easy to fall into this thing where like well what are you doing why are you doing it's like it's okay to just want to make people laugh yeah that's all yeah that's that's <laughs> what I'm literally here for and sometimes I yeah. do sometimes I'll like I'll walk away from comics and conversations that are like what I'm trying to say in this I'm like I gotta go yeah. I'm so sorry so like it's a priority thing priority number one laugh number one yeah number one yes and then if you achieve if you achieve that then you've got your other things you can go after but like fuck if you forget that ugh, it's so gross yeah Uh, yeah. (laughs) it's just like shut you should run for office (laughs) it's i remember vividly like the first time i was like oh i want to do comedy forever i was five my dad put in a cassette i was sitting on a teal green carpet because that's what we had and a guy went over a hill with another guy with coconuts and he was pretending <laughs> to gallop and he was banging coconuts oh yeah, yeah. and i there was there, there's no there's no deeper message there there's no, no thing that silly it's, for and silly i sake. everything in the world made sense as soon as i saw the coconuts going i was like oh that forever so there's truth to power right mm-hmm. there's that thing 
yeah. shaking your fist at the people who have, right, which have, is important don't get me wrong yeah. like yeah it's it's great it's part of what we get to do yeah and then also there's the courage to display your flaws your mistakes that you won't think will, will be accepted they're gonna be like nah man not okay don't mm. like it that second part that's my true north a lot of the time try to find where are my hypocrisies where my where are the things that I don't think people are going to accept because I know what their sensibilities are. Vulnerability is also very courageous. That yes. oh yeah, that opening up of like this is my shortcoming and here here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's Richard Pryor, right? Richard Pryor is known for being courageous because he's just ultimately vulnerable. Just like I'm yeah. going to throw it all out there, and that vulnerability is just so powerful oh, and yeah. scary as. Fuck. Oh, it's so scary. It's tough also viewing older comics because we can look at it with the lens that we have now, the lens that they created, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. ability. But like if you sat in the room when Pryor was talking about what they were taught, what he was talking about, God, you're like, I, we don't even talk about sex. How are you going into vivid or, you know, blowing another man jokes right now? Mm, Like, how are you doing that? Like, yeah, that was offensive at the time. That was what people walked out on and wanted his career for. But what it is now, we have this interesting, bizarre flipperoo where we are actually in legit danger, especially people further along. Their careers and jobs are in danger for the things, the jokes they try to make. Yeah. And that is is relatively new, I think. I don't remember it being a big thing before the last 10 years with social media and camera phones and, and all that stuff. Case in point, Kevin Hart. Yeah. Yes. He just lost a thousands or like hundreds of thousands of dollars and a huge boost in his career because of a joke he to did host, to host the to host the Oscars host, host the Oscars. because of a joke he said 10 years multiple ago multiple years multiple jokes multiple that he said tweets yeah. which and all that and then they were they're super homophobic they're like, super homophobic here's but here's the thing it's also this is before white america was very aware of him so he's performing for more of like an apollo style crowd audience yeah. where heteronormative speak is is not uh, or is was very common it's also 2008 mm-hmm. and now he's being held to the standard of 2018 white culture which it like you're you're putting which I mean I he had already apologized for those jokes before like I feel like a few years ago like someone had told me he apologized for them and then he and said it yeah, again yeah and then he said he, the thing he did I thought was stupid of him to do is he did like kind of like a he was like drowsy and he was like if you don't think people can change like. Like, I don't, I don't oh, know the, what to yeah. tell you. And it's like, I don't disagree with that frustration of like, that's not what I think right now. I was a homophobic person and now I'm more enlightened. I don't know why you're criticizing me back then. I understand that inclination, but you can't make that your Instagram post apology. Yeah. Or, or go on or go on a second try. You could tell that was the first thing he went with. He was like, totally. just woke up. You know, if you don't think people can change good enough, send. You're like, what you want to take yeah. another what if, go- it, what if it was more like he's been so depressed over over it and he finally got up the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's a great example of the actual danger that mm-hmm. that exists now it's not lenny bruce where you can get arrested for the shit you say yeah at least at this point you yeah. can apparently get punched i i hear yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same eye yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> hence the glasses bro you got Wahlberged. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> but you can have um opportunities taken from you for 
or jokes that you made now that they're just like written in stone metaphorically and so like there is a legit danger that it wasn't there before held to a standard that we don't even hold our own elected officials to we don't, <laughs> well like, they, they they'll have a fucking like, well let's be clear trump supporters weren't calling for kevin hart to get pulled no but what i'm Oscars. saying is like i'm saying is like what they vote for can be go completely against what they're saying now and then they'll be like yeah they did that anyway yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like opportunities aren't stripped from them because they completely flip positions well the i mean the other thing too is like so many things it's not black and white and again three conscious men can say that there are jokes that can be said that are i don't think unconscious men can say much yeah, it's true. <laughs> that you do need to be awake to talk. Someone should have told Kevin Hart that. <laughs> when it comes to like the trans community, the the gay community, obviously there are jokes that can dehumanize them and also n- ignore the hardships that those communities will go through. Some of them being very dangerous, especially you know you talk about courage. Someone coming out and saying, "I'm not the gender that I was born as." No one at this table is arguing that that's not t- tremendously courageous. Yeah, and how you know, especially trans women can be attacked all over the country for just being who they are no one's discrediting that were you dressed as a lady when you got punched yeah i mean that was very that was a big part of it um, <laughs> no I, I just think that yeah no You're one's not a lady i'm not i'm very pretty though that was very <laughs> very pretty that was toxic masculinity joke no, on, yeah, brian has a point come yeah, on yeah, yeah. Brian. no i mean oh, God, no i don't it's i don't so I, let's like, make it clear i don't you do look like hannah gatsby but this is true <laughs> but i just this, don't want to silence women so like yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, and I appreciate I appreciate that you don't want to silence me. People's careers can be destroyed if for having literally a bad day at work. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, but here's where the courage comes in. If you want to speak recklessly and be wrong and look like a fool and look bad because it's fucking funny. Because it's funny. It's so funny to yeah. be wrong. It's funny to be. It's so great, and to, and you have to have the courage to look like a goddamn fool. Mm-hmm. It takes a different kind of courage now than it did before because you have to be willing to be like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm after the funny, um, and I'm willing to risk people. T- Taking this out of context, writing a big blog post in Vulture, yeah. and then me getting a huge back. I'm willing to take that risk. I have a trans joke right now. It's very pro-trans joke. And at the top, it gets a little it's tight. It's pro the joke. Yeah, it's, I'm very pro <laughs> It's pro-trans joke. It's pro-trans. It's pro-joke. It's pro-joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's a very positive trans joke, and I only get non-trans people coming up to me saying that they had issue with it. Trans people love this joke. Love it. But there is a part of me at the end of it that the same same way I made a connection through comedy that informed me about stuff like the Chappelle show, like everybody hates Chris, like Will and Grace, like modern family, that kind of stuff. The reason why I'm able to know what I know now is because there were jokes made about it. And then it opened it up for a platform for me to discuss myself, for, for me sure. to be able to search my own thoughts on something. I mean, right now there's a big push for uh, Muslim comics to get Muslim sitcoms put on TV because they saw how quickly the gay community were accepted as soon as we put them on TV, as soon as we were able to joke about what was going yes. on, as soon as yes. we were able to laugh at ourselves, other people, we all just became people. And then it pushed things so much further. And really in Hollywood right now, there's a huge push to have Muslim families on TV because we know people who are Islamophobic or at least not understanding will see it and go, oh, 
I drive a truck too. I do, you know, I do that. I do this and I do that. And we yeah. can do that as soon as people get out of the way and go, oh my God, you said Muslim. Yes, I said Muslim because that's what we were talking about. But I can't even say the word Muslim for us no, to get people, past yeah. your thing. And I want to shake this person. This joke's not for you. This joke is for the person who is transphobic, who is nervous about the joke is yeah. getting tricked it's, into sex. It's so, that's, yeah. I, and, I, and I want to say there is a certain nobility in speaking for those people as a cis white male. I think you're really, (laughs) (laughs) they need, it's it's like, they need, they they need that. It's like, where where else are they going to get their perspective from? They need a straight white hero. Everyone. (laughs) everyone, You are like comedy Superman. It is. uh, And is, I think your kryptonite is being punched. My pet, yeah, that's everyone's my kryptonite. Just punched. regular violence. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, watching you put your head in your hands with that one. Oh, I, that's like I want to savor that. <laughs> I don't like it when people say it's so brave. It's so brave. I'm always just like, no. Ah, uh, can we not use the same word yeah. as the guys who are on skyscrapers, wait, washing yeah. the windows, yeah. like, or the guys who are like, you know, in uniform and facing death, like, yeah. like brave. Uh, like what am i afraid of they didn't like me yeah yeah. it's not danger it's the the deeply ingrained fear of not being accepted being kicked out of the group because it's so deep like when we were fucking nomads if you got kicked out of the group you died yeah yeah (laughs) we're social creatures but it's not the same as legit danger and i do want to split that hair yeah like, again, like, it's not as brave as being a trans person. You know what I mean? Like, my joke, if someone was like, that's a brave joke, it's not nearly as brave as being <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. who, if from that, yeah, it's not as brave as a Marine or a firefighter. It's the same kind yeah. of bravery, I don't think. It's, 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 you're still facing fear, but you're not facing danger. And it's more brave in a, like, a masochistic way. Because the fear is that you'll be publicly embarrassed, but also you signed up to maybe get publicly embarrassed. Right. It's not like... Risk reward. The reward is they all love you. Yeah, yeah. Versus, versus Whereas like cer- a certain like it's like public embarrassment or public shame would happen to like a trans person for coming out, which is like real violently. Yeah. Publicly embarrassing. Also, it's only danger. Like, it's there, oh, there's only fear and courage for comics who are good at it because comics who are bad at it are so clueless of how bad they are. They will go well, up and they'll just be like, "That went really well." Well, okay, let's back up to our earliest times. There was a lot of courage required oh, to get yeah, on that's stage. True. I, I withdraw the last statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a hundred percent. I know, true. like getting on stage, it's better now, but like the the stage fright is immense. Like I just like my fucking heart starts to beat. I I feel it all over my entire body, and I'm like, and what sucks is that when I'm in fight or flight, I can't remember anything. Like my my yeah. my those oh, parts of my yeah. brain shut off. So I'm like, I, if I haven't trained and prepared enough for it to just be muscle memory, I ain't digging it back out. I actually once threw up thinking about doing a Colbert spot. This is real. I once threw up were because fantasizing I was about fantasizing <laughs> about how it would work. And I threw up because I thought with my fight or flight, I'll forget everything that I was supposed Are to say. Are you more neurotic than me? That's a first on this show. Yeah, that was <laughs> that's literally something that's happened because that fight or flight sets in that fear of getting it wrong, yeah. getting rejected. Yeah. But what I've learned is that getting it wrong 
can be great. Oh, yeah. Leaning into fucking it up and having fun with your failure and making fun of yourself, not in a, oh, my God, I suck way, but ah." (laughs) that's not a word. (laughs) And also going back to that, like you brought up the word North Star, going back to that North Star that first got us into it, even when we were bad and we knew we were doing bad, there's just that little thing in the center of your chest that goes, there's something in there. Mm -hmm. There's something in there that is good enough and will be good enough. The motivation has to be greater than the fear. Uh, yeah. And so we do tricks. I'm curious what your tricks are to overcome the fear or what they were. You're, you're terrified. You're, you're going to that open mic. You're scared to even go to the open mic. I want to bow out of this one. Because you have no fear? I had fear, but my answer would be stupid. I had fear when I this got to New great. York City because I was bombing. Yeah. I was bombing a lot. But I also realized that I had no confidence. This was like last week, right? This was like last week. This was, I was 22. Two, I was, I'd moved here from Syracuse, which is where I started, but that's like a one mic a week type of situation. How old are you, how old are you now? I'm 28. Yeah. And then me and my girlfriend broke up and I'd like moved here for her. So I was like, oh shit, I'm depressed. And also uneducated and also just have nothing to say. So I'm a bow out of the comedy game for a little bit. So I stopped going. I would go back every once in a while. I would do a set, be like, oh, I don't, mm, I do not uh, have anything to say still. I'm going to get it back out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Seven for a while. And so, then, then, so your fear of looking ignorant pushed you away. It was greater than your mother. Yeah, yeah. It was. And also I was just like, what do I even have to say? And then I was starting to, but I was, I was continuing to think of jokes and writing jokes. And then, see, this is why it's not going to work. Um, it's not courageous. And then I started like starting to feel confident in New York and start like, Having sex with a lot of people. And then I was just like, well, I'm having sex with a lot of people. I think I can get on stage and so try to No, that's your trick. I was that's about to say, that's not your trick. I mean, that's 100% your trick. But, but I don't think that's courage. Um, that's no, what, he didn't ask what courage was. She goes, we get scared. What's your mm-hmm. trick? Yours was, and it's not a bad trick, of I was fucking people, so at least I had that in my pocket it's when I went like, on stage. It was like, I have this confidence, and yeah. I was fucking people because I was making I would, them I would say you could call it cockiness that's that's the root word (laughs) now we found the root (laughs) Uh, or like i don't know it's almost like you had to recharge your funny inside of a vagina like it was that was the charging station i gotta perform for people and know i'm good at entertaining people no matter which you're like i pleased one person (laughs) with my mouth i now i can please this whole crowd with my mouth yeah yeah. (laughs) there's so many jokes about sex uh in these brooklyn shows and so much of them are about being bad at it like coming from men and i'm like i love this bit you gotta it was like why like good sex is way weirder and funnier like good sex the reason sex can be good is crazy and bad sex is like hack like, whoa, I came too early. Whoops. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, it's anyone, slipping on a banana. Anyone peel. can come too early, you idiot. Yeah. Like, it's like some women get like come from getting punched. It's like, that's hilarious. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's that's so funny. Insane. It's so funny. It's so funny. You want me to do what? Yeah. yeah. I love you. Okie dokie. Yeah. Get the rubber gloves. <laughs> and it just, I mean, it wasn't only just, it was just like I got more, I started to understand more about the city and I started to like like my job at the time and it was just like i have more confidence in myself and now i feel so confident you guys, so you but also that about was the city and became at home 
one vulva at a time. <laughs> yes. You were like, like I'm going to meet everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ate some pussy in Chelsea. Now I know the local vendors. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, but. Hell's Kitchen didn't have a lot to offer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Polish sausages. Lot of, come on. But I also remember that joke being very brave because I loved that bit that you do about being bad at sex and also like the... Well, it's. F- I'm sorry to cut you off, but no. it is brave because you are doing that joke in a room full of people. That's what I'm that saying. Cannot get laid. It is and brave. I hate you for it. Who hate you but, for it? Also, you were with established. I've seen you do that at clubs where established mm-hmm. comics who have been doing stuff for a while. Yeah. Their bit is being bad at sex, and ah! you openly will be like, I'm, "That's not that creative. It's not hard to. Yeah. I love that. It's not hard to find the clit. It's been there the oh, whole Banksy time. Oh, Banksy joke. Yeah. Banksy I joke, love yeah. that fucking joke. So, I haven't done that joke in forever love it. so enough, that's but... your trick uh you like you're like you, your spinach is pussy that's so funny i'm a boner <laughs> but i will say this i'm so much funnier now if i haven't fucked that day oh yeah you don't need it anymore you don't need your pussy crutch totally yeah the pussy crutch yeah i need to need the cr- the crunch more like a walker because you get in it like a <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so right. Brian, what are your tricks or what were your tricks early on to overcome the fear of just getting on stage when, in the early stages? And keep what, in mind what was it, like? it will be less cool than mine. Yeah. Well, mine mine was just, <laughs> mine was just watching Harrison have sex. That's what my cuz I thought if this guy can fuck somebody, I can go on stage and make yeah. people laugh. I can have it I can have one of the best careers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this guy, this this dude. I mean, I would just see him stare at a mirror while he's having sex with this woman <laughs> and <laughs> Imagine he's having sex with himself, and I was like, <laughs> if, "If he's like Narcissus was a, was an idiot, he just stared into a pool and loved himself." Yeah. I'm fucking myself. I'm supposed to be paying attention to a yeah. woman. Yeah, <laughs> well, especially you know, like, anyway. Um, anyway. No, for me, <laughs> I think stupidity is part of it. it that, that fearless courage thing you're talking about. There mm-hmm. has to be. I love the Berbiglia thing of you kind of have to be insane to start. Yeah, because it's it's bad. Yeah. You do so bad. And after you have to be like, this is going really well. <laughs> and so there, that is leans on the line of more fearless than courage. And that also, like I said, it's, it's fearless as being stupid or willfully or whatever stupid. You are just okay with how bad things are going or whatever you're doing. Mine was just, oh, I would say you'll be mad at yourself if you do bad and don't get in your own way. Oh, I don't so know. I don't know if that's created a, a, you created a larger fear to be afraid of. Yeah, I, don't, I will be. I will feel even worse if I don't do this. Yeah. I'll be more mad at myself after this ends. Mm -hmm. If I got my own way and let my fear take over, I'm going to be more mad at myself than uh, anything else that could have happened. That is great. There's actually um, a guy named Tim Ferriss. I love this guy. He's got a great podcast. He's like, he's like this endless experimenter about optimizing his body, his life. Like he's, and now he interviews amazing people like CEOs of giant companies, Google and whatever. And like, so he's, he's really cool. And he's always like, Oh, the Terry Crews interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And he calls it fear setting and I could be butchering it wildly, but I think it's, if I recall, it's like that, it's exactly what you're talking about. What will I be more? What am I more afraid of? Like, what is what would be in order to get yourself to do the thing you want to do? Oh, I love it. I also want them to have a good time. Like, that's my thing with the audience. Like, I've always been like, I'm on them. Yeah, I want you guys to have a good time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I want this to go well. That is a great point, too. I definitely use that now. I didn't use this earlier, but now I go, (laughs) I do this thing where I'll go, like, okay, this is not about me. 
at all. I'm here to give laughs, not get them. I am my my yeah. job is to, I'm I owe these people. They are giving me their trust that I'm gonna that I'm gonna make them laugh. I owe it to them to not focus on me and be like I have to look good. I have to do well. Instead, it's I'm gonna do this for you. Yeah, that's that also when you eliminate some of the fear. Well, me. I mean, there's nothing worse than when so a comic goes up and is like, oh, this is my therapy. And you're like, no, man, it's not supposed to be. It's Fuck supposed you. to be for them. And that's the same. That also helped me when I started doing jokes for a year, having some of the same jokes in there and kind of beating myself up and going, you know, work on. But be like, well, this is for them. You'll work. You'll sneak your new one in there. Yeah, but yeah. do your good stuff yeah. because it's for them, not you. Right. I've found it's easy to be cur- courageous and be committed when it's something outside of me like almost like if you're gonna go to the gym and you have another person who's gonna meet you there you'll go to the, you're more likely to go to the gym because you'll let them down yeah. right uh, and and i think this is sort of the same thing if my focus isn't on me then i'm not afraid of what's gonna happen to me um i owe it to those people well the other thing too is i mean if, if you want me to be very honest of no, one thing you just lied for the rest of the <laughs> yeah one very honest thing now that i'm thinking about it that had help either get the fear out of the way or was stronger than it was is i dropped out of college to do comedy i Uh disappointed my whole family Uh and i still have like crippling fear sometimes when i go to bed at night going not was this the right move but cortez did this thing where after he landed in great guy after he landed in the quote-unquote new world he started getting ideas that his crew were going to turn against him so what he did was is he drilled holes in some boats and he set other boats on fire and he goes you're with me now you cannot go back anymore we've burnt the ships you cannot go back anymore you have to go with me and Mm -hmm. then sometimes he defeated the mayans or the Aztecs. I mean, defeated is not the right word. <laughs> Raped and like, murdered. Yeah, there it is. I could go on about this a lot. I know a lot about the Aztecs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah but it was, it's, but it's, it's, there is sometimes where the fear, like when the fear sets in, I, I do say to myself, you have no other options but to succeed. Yes. You have nothing yes. else. You you would either have to go back and do three more years of college. Mm-hmm. You will even more disappoint your family. You're going to have to go back to your hometown and tell everyone like, yeah, it didn't work out. You have no other options but to succeed yes. right now. Yes. Totally get it. Yeah. I, I, I did a show I, last I night for $50. <laughs> Stop <That's>... bragging. So, <laughs> I did a show on Friday for negative $80. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I did a show for negative $80. So... When you're laughing, you can't be afraid. <laughs> I get paid for all my comedy. I just funnel it through a dog walking company. <laughs> I just have to pick up the money in increments at different apartments. Yeah, yeah. And then I leave my own dogs at those apartments and I walk them at my leisure yeah. just because they're there. The money there. gets back to you not, yeah, It's yeah. all from comedy, though. Yeah. It's, just, it's in dog poop. All right. So I want to say mine, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so I, there are a few things. Brian, I heard you have a clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh can he, is the head vane out? I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, Two that, of them. They're, is that a common yeah, thing? Oh, I've been growing the other ones. It's, yeah. it's getting me hard. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, d- ooh, it's giving me at, courage. Look at all his courage. He's brave over there. He's a brave boner. Brave boner. So, uh, a few things. Number one, when people would say this is brave, I'd be like, actually, I have a very big picture. I've had people that I love die. There was a long period of time where I thought I was going to die for, because I have like a brain cyst. Every year I had to go in and get an MRI to see if I was it was going to grow and re- I was going to retard and die. I get to say that I might have retarded. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
I love retarded that kind of, like that pronunciation and that use. Yeah. So much better than retard. Yeah. Retard. I might can retard. You not, can you not say that word? I think he's allowed. To, I think he's allowed. I am. To say I'm one, because he's. Yeah. I'm a current member of the club. <laughs> so okay. And, and that was. I wasn't wanting to fuck myself. I thought it was another person in the room. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, <laughs> it's been sitting in the front of his brain. <laughs> which, There's a lot of room in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, which we've discussed. Yeah. No, no. I don't so know which cortex. I've experienced that. Like I had a sibling die. I had like I so I'd, like I had this like perspective of, oh, this could go tomorrow. Like in a just a flash of like vertigo and fear. That's it. It's it's gone. So and I had this epiphany when I was a banker. It was just like, oh, this is not the life I want. This is not the life I want to lead. And and then I was like, okay, well, what am I more afraid of? Going, giving everything I have all the way, throwing all my chips in on being a stand-up comedian, the one thing I want more than anything else, or am I more afraid of turning into one of these zombie 50, 60-year-old men who have empty eyes, who don't engage with anything anymore because they just never did the thing they wanted to do and they did what was expected of them. And I'm way more afraid of that end game than I am of trying at this and failing miserably and not working out. I'm more afraid of that. And so I, I definitely set that fear for myself. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. You guys probably saw the Jim Carrey speech he gave at that like weird temple college that he went to, but, uh, not temple, the, <laughs> God, the actual college. <laughs> he had a speech yeah. at, yeah. in front of Jewish people. Yeah. No, it was like, it was like a weird spiritual college or whatever. And he was talking about his dad. His dad always wanted to be a comic, but he became an accountant and he got fired and they were homeless for years. And from that, he learned you could fail at the safe choice also. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Why not try to succeed at what you, what you want to do? I think the other the other piece for me is i love commitment there's like attachment versus commitment like attached to a specific outcome that doesn't really work you're just always frustrated and disappointed because things don't turn out exactly the way you imagine them but commitment to the overall goal that i love that because if you're committed you do whatever it takes it doesn't matter. Whatever the fuck it takes. Okay, no one will. No, people won't book me on their fucking shows. I'll go make a stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make a room. Yeah. <laughs> like, like whatever, whatever it takes, I will do to get to that point. Then the fear is there. It's still all there. I'm afraid all the time, but it doesn't fucking matter because I continually bring myself back to the. What am I committed to? What matters to me most? That works for me. Hecklers, what what is the fear there when you're engaging with a heckler? Well, I've considered the heckler kind of like the bully or the try to be bully of the room. But what they don't understand is what they don't is that understand. We've been dealing with bullies our whole lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been. I because uh, like a heckler it usually is the personality type, especially more of like a drunk, aggressive heckler, not just like a um, excuse me, you're wrong, like yeah, that type yeah. of heckler. But like these like aggressive, like kind of like oh fuck, dumb pussy. Yeah, it's fun to fuck up their thing. Yeah, yeah. So. Those are often the types of people that would like bully in high school, middle school and stuff. And often, I mean, actually, I'll speak on my own experience as someone who was like bullied and like pushed around in middle school. This has been the first opportunity I've had these situations for like kind of 
getting payback for being affected in that way. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is my big stand. And in a lot of ways, that is super lame. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm also given a microphone yeah. and people yeah. were and there to watch. Not only that, it's you're not that living person. your life still to win against a 10 year old i know it's so ridiculous <laughs> I am too. it's totally totally also so like i just came from my 10 year reunion and so much of the like the guys who did give me shit yeah. growing up would just pull me aside they're like hey man i was a dick i'm sorry like yeah. i was like no i want you to still be a dick so my comedy career can be this triumph yeah, yeah. he's like i love all of them are like i love i follow your career you're so funny i'm so glad things are working out for you i'm like you were such an asshole and then, uh, and then in a red pen you Cross their name off a list and then yeah. put lipstick on because <laughs> Bailey Madison, baby. And, 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 <laughs> and then you tell them, like, look, a lot of this is from you know, it's a response to that. And they're like, oh, so you have me to thank? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It was so funny seeing all those guys and people I went to school with like actually following my career. I didn't know that they did that. And isn't it's that so- sweet to find out? Yeah, but I definitely have a bit about getting bullied growing up, and I think some of them took like some sensitivity to that. They're like, oh, I hope it wasn't me. Because my whole thing was like, I didn't know I was being bullied. Like, I'd walk around yeah. and I'm like, hey, guys, and like, what's up, faggot? And I'm like, see, in physics. Like, I didn't know that they, <laughs> that they did. You, I just you, thought you, that. It, maybe if you didn't talk like that. Yeah, see exactly. In physics. <laughs> let's get, let's do some math. <laughs> so I just imagine them being like, oh, that might have been me. I called him a faggot a lot. Oh. Aww. This was everyone's favorite thing from the reunion not to yeah. bring it up again everyone was like i love that clip of you talking to that it's so heckler. cool to hear you won your reunion that's <laughs> yeah no i not at all <laughs> although i did have a guy and i love him to death he came up it was just like this you know it was a space and there was a dj and he goes go up and do go up and do comedy and i'm like no no one wants to see that i don't want to do it and i joked i was like no one's paying me he handed me two hundred dollars oh! and he was like go on stage and do five minutes and i just Almost did, but I was like, I can't be that guy. I yeah. can't be the guy who's like, look at what's going on with me. Oh, Especially God. with this new, like, yeah. I loved bumping into everyone. Was he I drunk? Think. Not really. Like, he had a couple. He of must them. be so rich. He just oh. gave me 200 to do Dude, five minutes. he had minutes? another four in the wallet. I was like, fuck, man, what do you do? He's like, look, I'm giving you one third of my Coke money. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh my God. <laughs> Back to the heckler thing. <laughs> so you, I, I remember you saying something, it was something great. The, the control control issue. Yeah. Hecklers are, tough at least for me i think some comics do amazing with it but for me i wrote all these jokes and i don't do a lot of audience interaction because for me like i put in the work i have this good stuff for you to take in and hear and think about and all that stuff so you being from jersey isn't that funny or interesting you know the stuff that i have prepared is so much better than my interactions with people all the time and that's kind of what pushed me into comedy was this idea of if i come up with good lines and I have things prepared, conversations will go better than off the cuff. Because off the cuff, Brian has nothing good to say. Yeah, and I didn't Still know that to this before. Day. I didn't know that before you came on the pod. And I was so I've been a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at notes right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's scary for you to engage a heckler because it's not there's no you don't have the control and the planning and all that, right? Yeah. The other thing too is I think we've all been in a place where you and this might not even be comedy or listeners might uh, or listeners sorry um my i'm just kidding we have them i know i'm one of them i uh 
Um, Don't but, get nice. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we've all been in situations where we think everyone in the room will be on our side and that no one in the room is on our side. <laughs> yeah. It's funny two years later. Yeah. But yeah. in the moment, like I've been on stage and I've been like disagreeing with someone and like kind of putting them in their place. And then the whole room goes, no, we don't like that you did that. Yeah. And when they like, think you're too mean. Yeah. When they think you're too mean. Especially yeah. me. I can't be mean. It does not work. And that always grew up like growing up also with like bullies. People People be like, I fucked your mom, you gay piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, well, you look homeless today. They're like, whoa, Brian, whoa. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You look man? homeless today. That's a funny response. I was like, what? How is that on me? And that's very funny. That's not even comparable to what he said. Yeah. I love that we're talking about courage, the three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so as three straight handsome men, or well, one's a, bi, look, so he fucks everyone. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. What a hard life of just getting railed and railing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you work for the train company. It's how I was raised. <laughs> I want to be an input in an outlet. Uh, Okie dokies. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about sex. This next clip is by Brian Enk. He is at the comedy club LOL in Times Square in Manhattan, and he is dealing with a heckler. Any other context that they need? No, she had just she. Uh, the reason why I walked off stage and sat next to her is because I was doing interracial dating material, and she accused oh, she a white woman accused me of being racist for noticing that my girlfriend was not my race. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Okay, great. That's not. That's great. so funny. Don't say anymore. <laughs> noticing. Take a second right here. <laughs> Have you ever heard the expression, maybe sit a few plays out? Have you ever heard of that in your life? In your defense, go ahead. If you're wondering why I don't date white women anymore, keep going. Um, Stop talking while you have the chance. In your your defense, I'm the racist goat. Okay, in my defense, I what? You what? Guys, oh my god, I feel so bad. I didn't know you were handicapped. This is so They're supposed to tell me if there's someone in the audience that you shouldn't be making fun of. Oh my god, I feel terrible. This is not Oh my god, that's great! Brian. I was so impressed when I saw that for the first time. That's so, good. so great! It's so yeah, that great. Was fun. I love so... a sincere apology as a retort. Yeah, it, it like oh god, it's so funny. Oh my god, that's so funny. I, I, it was one of those things where you're. Excited. What was the first thing she said? She had said so. Oh, I said, "Is anyone else doing inter? Has anyone ever done interracial dating?" And she goes, "Racist." <laughs> okay, so you 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 get off stage, sit right there, which I've done more. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really fun, especially if you have a heckler or something where like you want to get to know someone better. Mm-hmm. If like they tell you something crazy, they're like, "I'm a neuro- neurosurgeon." And yeah, like, what? Uh, and you have to do it with warmth too. What I loved is it was just so gentle as you got off stage. Yeah. You sat down. Like, hey, I'm just hanging out. Yeah. So gentle. It was it was just this thing of like, okay, I gotta deal with this. Cause she had been chatty the whole night, if I remember correctly. I was like, all right, let me just sit down and let's just do this. And the courage too of like g- giving her like pointing the microphone at her. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. like, and that, I mean, I think that that comes from that courage comes from like confidence. Like you're, you're competent. You've done this a bunch in that situation. Yeah. I felt confident. Yeah. I felt good. I felt like this was going to go well because I have, I had the rest of the joke to do. I am comfortable with that topic. Any, ra- any race stuff at all. I feel good talking about mm-hmm. if it was, if she had chimed in maybe during like a different bit, I may have been a little bit more nervous, but yeah. Got it. Yeah. But in general with, with heckler stuff, because you're so prepared and that's where you like to live, there's fear there for you. Oh yeah. I mean, it's something that I'm doing better with, especially like just because it happens so much now and kind of just having, not having stuff ready, but just, it is that courage and confidence can sometimes go hand in hand. I think courage is when you're afraid. Yeah. That confidence is, it just happens enough times that you just go, I'll figure this out. Yeah. I'll figure this out. It's, right. Something's going to happen. It might not be on the first jab back at her, but it'll be on one of them mm-hmm. or him. Men can be hecklers too. <laughs> and uh, not trans people though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was just, um, and it was just that fun moment where I was like, as soon as she said thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to make fun of her. And then I was like, oh, wait, be sincere about it because it'll be so much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, great. Let's intro Brian. Yeah. Brian Ank is here. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. <laughs> so happy to be here. It's <laughs> happening. Yeah. So Brian is a Brooklyn-based comic, and he is a producer at Brick TV, uh, as well as uh, you are a working comic on the road. How long have you been doing it now? Eight, I've, eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice. And where are you from originally? Quitting Rock. time. Yeah, it's about time to quit. <laughs> uh, Rochester, New York. Uh huh. Upstate. Oh, so you're uh, you're not a New Yorker per se, but yeah, 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 yeah East Coaster at least. Exactly. But when did you move to New York City? I came. Uh, I, I went to college in the Finger Lakes for one year. Started doing stand up. Started doing acting. And my director said I should go to New York. I got into uh, New York Film Academy and did that for a year. That was two thousand and. 10 11 that year did you so you didn't move here for stand-up was in the back of your oh mind? no i moved here for stand-up oh you did okay. yeah i started doing a couple shows in rochester and then i got a couple paid gigs but it was at the i wanted to do it my whole life yeah. i had wanted to do my whole life i got talked out of it uh, by my friends um, they because, were like not funny yeah literally they were like i was it was actually it was the same <gasps> the same guy who offered me 200 bucks to do oh, a spot <laughs> how is this not set on me yeah oh my god i don't want to so make this funny. long i don't want to go down my own road i was at a sleepover in my own house and we were watching stand-up and i had a notebook of jokes that i had written uh-huh. for myself underneath my sleeping bag uh-huh. and i pu- was about to pull it out and i was like guys because we're laughing i was like i think i'm gonna try to do stand-up and he goes you're not funny that's a terrible idea oh. and i tucked the notebook how under my sleeping bag i'm 28 no, no. How old were you then? Oh, I, like 27? Uh, no. I was, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Motherfucker, I was so there. I, was I, was, in, I had it ready to go. I was in middle school. I was, I was, the, I, I was the Chappelle stuff. I had stuff. a sleepover. I, I was 27. I was 27. <laughs> and I had this notebook. And then they said, don't do stand-up. And I had already done a pig gig. <laughs> Do you cut out the bits that do, that you don't work for you? Do you, the ones that you don't get laughs on? Do you sometimes? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, or, but you know what? You know what else I'll when do? You commit with really the voices. Cheap. This is really cheap. If I think it's really funny and it didn't get a laugh, I'll steal laugh from someone. <laughs> I, will it, I will put it where it goes, uh, and just, it works. You're just gonna be like, "Hey, I just want to get uh, sound. Can you guys laugh into the mic uh, just a little bit? I'm just gonna hold on to those. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then just 
<laughs> um, no, I just, yeah. And so that's funny. I'll do it for you too, by the way. If I think I'm, years, I'm tough, but fair. Oh, I'm, I'm giving you shit. I, <laughs> years later, he offered me 200 bucks to go on stage. How? Did, that's awesome. This that's is the very crazy. guy who discouraged you and delayed your entry into the career, then tried to pay you to do it and you wouldn't do it. Like, like first he said no, How and then that, you said no. This is, this is, I'm not bullshitting. This had just, I just have understood what has happened. I, I, I see it. Brian, uh, I want to ask this question. We haven't asked it in a while. Is there a tip or like some like thing that somebody said to you that really clicked and helped you with your standup or made you look at it a different way or something you heard on a podcast that like you're like, oh, that's it or anything like that? Take a day off a week. Like literally go be a person, go be a person for one day a week at least. Cause we were, you know, we try to do every show that we can and this and that. And it's not a take it easy. It's not give it all you got. It's, it was just that thing of you're not going to be good if you're just a comedian. Yeah. If you're yeah. just a comedian and you're a robot and you have nothing else to offer because then you just, you, you know, you see these standups where all they talk about is the business and all they talk about is what's going on with them and their careers. And there's yeah. nothing to connect with because they don't even look at that stuff. You know, what's cool about this. It's one of the first times I've ever seen Harrison take notes. <laughs> that's that, was a, that was a car starting. Okay. That's great. That's great. I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Because uh, you could really whip the shit out of yourself and be like, Oh, and I'm I did. I was on. I was. I was at Broadway Comedy Club for two years straight, and I was doing like two or three shows a night every day of the week. And I just got bored with it. I was on autopilot. Yeah. And this comic was like, "Yeah, you got to go back and be a person." And then you remember who the comedian was? Uh, Harrison Greenbaum. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, okay. that was a great advice. Great, great New York comedian. Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Let's play another bit by Brian Enk. This is at the Grizzly Pear Comedy Club here in New York City. And anything you want to say to preface it that doesn't actually give the bit away? Um, it's about gun control. Got it. And and in New York, that's that's. Uh, well, wait. No, every that honestly, that joke. I get more people coming up to me and yelling at me than any other joke I've ever done. Okay, so well, that this, club this, is this. near the Jersey Path train, so that's why. I mean, anywhere I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is a joke no one likes. Got it. <laughs> 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 All right. So this next bit is an unpopular bit that yeah. Brian Ang you wanted does you wanted my worst stuff, right? But dis despite the negative feedback he receives on a yeah. regular basis for it. <laughs> yes, everyone, tighten up your butts right now. That's the correct response. The man with the microphone said the words gun control. <laughs> and it is. We have an issue right now. It's easier to shoot up a school than it is to get into a school in this country right now. We are having some big issues. We are. We're having issues right now, and we gotta fix it. We'll find a way. Uh, and full disclaimer: I'm not a gun person. I don't like guns. I shoot guns like gay entry bras on my heel grips. I want nothing to do with them. I have two seven inhalers and I don't like loud noises. I am not a gun person. So my opinion can mean nothing. That's okay. But I think I have a plan that I think could solve these mass shootings. Because the gun people go, well, we need the guns. What if the government tries to overthrow us? Okay. So I got a plan that's going to stop mass shootings and make you guys happy. Here's the plan. Straight white men don't get guns. Everybody else gets guns. That's the new plan. <laughs> Government tries to overthrow us. Minorities, LGBT, women, you're there to protect us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> no more mass shootings because we're the only ones that do it. We are. It'll solve all these other problems too. Equal pay for women. That's done in two hours. That's done real quick. 
They have all the guns, whatever they want. Whatever they want. <laughs> what about the bodies of birth control? Again, whatever they want. That seems like what we should do. <laughs> I think it's a good plan, but I also have selfish reasons. I live in New York City. I get hit on by men sometimes. And it'd be fun if they hit on me with a gun. That'd be fun. Not in like a violent way, but like cool lines. Like, this goes bang, and so do I. You know what I mean? <laughs> You guys remember how you felt at the beginning of that joke? Remember how we all felt? That's great, Brian. That is very funny. Writing that, what was that like? Oh, it was first trying it out. It that scary. was early trying it. I just it dawned on me that if straight white men didn't have guns, we wouldn't have mass shootings. Mm-hmm. And Chappelle talks about that in his last special too, because he was comparing it to the Muslim ban and that, that kind of stuff. And so what I'm trying to say is I'm Dave Chappelle. No, but what you don't see in that clip, and especially when it's really early, you will hear a guy go, "Got it." And the guy who says that, he's got like almost shooting glasses on, like he would see at a range. He was one of the guys. There was like three people who came up to me after that to tear me a new one about how wrong I am, how I'm a liberal cuck, we need guns, don't you want to protect yourself, and this and that. And I was afraid, but it was also one of those things I was like, I can't stop doing this joke. Uh Like, obviously. Uh It's like in the um, crime and suspense movies and stuff like that, when they try to kill the detective, they're like, you got to back away from this. And they're like, it means I'm doing something right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If they're after me, that means something good's happening. I'm on the right trail. I'm going to solve this with my words. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love, by the way, I want to back up with some little craft here. I love how you set this up. It's so great mm-hmm. you slide yourself status wise underneath the audience so well my opinion doesn't matter i have two inhalers and i'm afraid of loud noises i feel about guns the same way i feel about bras uh, like or gay, gay men feel about bras, bras, yeah. bras ew gross yeah. like, like ew gross oh that's guns. so funny like <laughs> yeah. ew, ew gross guns are gross and this <laughs> was right after because and i don't i stopped using the line because it it took away from <clears throat> what i wanted to say the line of it's easier to shoot up a school than it is to get into a school i love that oh, I love that line. It's a great line. I think I lose the audience when I say it, and I want them to get the bigger thing of straight white men are the problem. Uh, and er, er, you're, yeah. you're bringing up a big, like, tough topic right there. And it's one of those things where, like, that throwaway joke, like, literally, I could just throw it away. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but uh, it was right. Got a big response in that. Well, it was because what fucking, I mean, this is awful, but I don't remember the school shooting. There was a school shooting that happened, like, I think two days before. No, that Florida one, like that. maybe. It might have been, yeah, I think it was the Florida yeah, one. Yeah, and, and, like, it's a lot to bring up to just, like, casually say, hey, Narc kids are getting killed like yeah like that's a lot to bring up it's yeah. like it's like whoa hey hold on like yeah i can see why you would take it out because it doesn't necessarily serve it but god damn it's a good line yeah, yeah. it's really really so i want to talk about the writing of this. what the, the how did you get started with it I knew I didn't want to be someone who came at them with numbers and came at them with stuff like that because I think it was going to lose them. I All my jokes, I always try to sum up in one sentence or what I want to say mm. in that. And in that joke, okay. I wanted to say straight white men are doing mass shootings and make fun of those. That's an interesting thing that you're doing. So do you do that at the beginning of it or does it come later as it forms? It's something I always just bounce back to. And I do this with like uh, when we work on shows and stuff like that, I'll often like talk to the director or writer. I'm like, what's one sentence? What is this scene supposed to Mm -hmm. be? What do you want? Do you want this to say? And keep coming back to that if you're lost. Do you have a, do you have a name for that by any chance? Just curious, like, what do you call it in your head? Or uh, Just the one sentence sum up. Yeah, just one, the one sentence uh-huh. sum up. And I do it for sketches. I do it for all that stuff. What are we trying to say in this one sentence? And not that we need to make it simple. Uh-huh. Just that's what we can kind of keep going back to. Oh. And 
for me, I was like, I want to make these straight white men who are so big into their guns. I want them to see how much of the problem they are and how silly they are and poke fun at their beliefs that are hurting all of us and their belief that the government's going to try to control us and this and that. And, uh, you know, we could just have the women, minorities, LGBT, they can protect us. You're good. You don't need a gun because it's problematic because we're the ones doing mass shootings and also turning it on myself a little bit too. Yeah. Right. And I, I liked how you, I really enjoyed how you were like, look, we can st- still have all our guns. Just give it to the, the people who aren't killing. <laughs> I also yeah, want yeah. to do something different than um, Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Jim yeah. Jeffries has nailed it. Nailed gun control. And, and it's tough for anyone. It's one of those things where it's a topic. You're like, I can't touch that because someone's just done it just so done perfectly. It so well. So that's why I wanted to just go. The, the sliver on the side of it was more Americanized and just the, you know, the, the straight white men. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's great. I absolutely love it. I also like the the framing. So you, you framed this in a way that I really enjoy. And I, I'm, I'm really sort of obsessed with framing. J- Joe Zimmerman came on here and talked about framing, a jo- finding the framework for a joke. You framed it as, I have a plan. Yeah. I have a plan. Instead of, Immediately it should be like this, you go, guess what? I have a plan. This yeah. is my plan. Yeah. Right? That And that, that I think that adds to, it provides... A, a, a sort of a whimsy to it because like he's, he's a fucking comedian he's not gonna do anything yeah <laughs> i have no power no anything like that yeah, I, right. I yeah i'm and they yeah. already know it's gonna go to a silly place i don't th- at that point i don't think they do you don't think so i i can feel the tension in the room yeah I guess it's so. and it's i've do and i've enjoyed it was because of this joke i've been trying to explore more jokes where they have that top part. And that's why I say, do you remember how you feel at the right, beginning yeah, of that yeah, joke? Yep, 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 I yep. loved that. Yes. Not that I want to make people feel shit, but that relief. It's tension relief, tension yes. relief. Yeah, I've been trying to do that more, but I loved at the top. They were like, where is this going to go? And the ridiculous line of straight white men don't get guns. And that's 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 the thing that the, the sort of like the pitfall or the, the 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 danger of comedy is built into it. Like you have to create tension. And then, and knowing how much to create and when to release it, that's where the danger lies. And you have to be uh, courageous in that moment to be like, I'm making this tense for this is the upward part of the you're going higher and higher on the roller coaster. And then when we come down, you're going to fucking throw your hands up in the air and scream. Yeah. Right? So but knowing exactly when and how much to, when to pop and how much tension to build that's tough it's a feel thing right well yeah and i mean i think the only yeah finding out where how how long you can let them sit in that tension and how long you want to stretch that out um but also they're not nervous about what you're gonna say they're more nervous about their fellow audience member that's the other thing too like i was having people you can't really hear it but giving me a uh, short little quip comments of like, Oh, I that's your, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of that quick stuff. I'm getting a lot of serious folded arms mm-hmm. and it's like, not, let's hear it. Or yeah. Something let's like hear that. it. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I've had people walk out and I joke, I go, he's going to go get his AR 15. And, <laughs> and people are like, Oh, I'm like, no, no, no way. He's going to shoot me. He's not going to shoot you guys. You're, ah, fine. Yeah, that's so great. you're yeah. good. There's um, a scope on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. good. Um, great. So, but yeah, that stuff, they are nervous about, especially with that topic. Like it's, one thing if someone's offended by but this one this has a deadly conversation around it yeah yeah i get it and that's the thing that we talked about at the beginning that place where you go not this blind i'm against whatever or i'm for whatever someone going and saying i had this gun 
I believed in this. And then something clicked in me and I realized, yeah, no, I'm on the wrong side of this. Or the other side where they're like, I had like lesser guns and then I saw Brian's material and, and I, like, I, went gonna, and I went and got guns more guns to like, shoot, to shoot yeah, Brian. To shoot Come on, let's talk about sex. I would like to play a bit of my own, which I don't usually do on here, but I think it just fits so well. Because we are talking about bad comedy today. (laughs) (laughs) We already played Brian. Don't work. Make people confused, wondering why they're there. Cool. I I I thought we were talking about courage, but okay, cool, cool, cool. So the theme theme's bad comedy. Cool, 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 cool. To preface this bit, this is one I've worked on for a very long time. It's about bisexuality. It's about my own and the American culture. I weave this in with a lot of other things. So what's come before this bit that I'm going to play is I talk about being polyamorous. And then this is a part of it. And this is my closer. This is something that I use. I don't always use it. But when I do in the right with the right room, it's just, ah, it's so great. Yeah. And I think I was with you, not to interrupt. I think I was with you at least maybe one of the first nights. You Did you just at the Inkwell first time? I did. Time? I remember talking to you about this yeah. and seeing it and, and loving it, and seeing it, where it was going to go. so difficult. Well, I started first started when I first got to New York. I've been working on this one for five years. I remember just being like, I'm afraid of this. I want to talk about it. And it went, it was so difficult because it's still taboo. It's not accepted by and large. It's easier in New York, but once we play it, then I kind of want to talk about the evolution of it because it was facing that fear, having it realized, having the, oh, they're not going to accept me. They're, they're, they're going to not like this. Having those fears realized, then me go, that's the next part of the joke. In this, I've just talked about being poly. I've also talked about growing up in Montana and growing up super conservative and religious and all of that stuff. And so that that's that's all preceded this bit. Peace be with hey, That's Catholic. Oh, sh- okay. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I tried. <laughs> I didn't have men in robes swinging candles or whatever. That would have said. It seems like it'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ready? <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. So I've been asked why I do it. And um, a big part of it is that I am bisexual. No, no, no. The first reaction was right. It's about right for our culture. Uh, I said a scary thing to, to, to announce, and I have talked about this in Montana. This room's cool, but like, this is a scary thing to say in a room full of straight and closeted men. Uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I've thought about it so much, you know? Um, why, why is this so different? Because it is. Like, women get to have a very fluid sexuality in our culture, and men, not so much. Like, women get to treat bisexuality like smoking. Like, well, I don't. And that's I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what I do with my mouth then? <laughs> but guys don't get to do that. Guys actually, like, have to kind of defend their straightness. A lot. They do it all the time. And it's cool. I get it. I see it. And it, it, it's this sort of funny to me because, like, I, I've heard this joke my whole life. The, Does this make me gay? <laughs> Does this make me gay? I know what makes you gay. Wanting dick. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> also, cringe at the thought of a vagina. Then you're gay. <laughs> it's, you know what it's not? Yeah. Being organized. <laughs> how did that be, how did Tidy become gay? How is that helping anybody? <laughs> Can't clean my room, I'm not a faggot. What? <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I just I just want to free up straight guys. Just 
just do what you want to do. It's fine. Like, just you know, go to a Broadway play. Go to a musical. They're wonderful. They're so fun. Just go. And if you want to give a guy a hand job in the bathroom at intermission, you arrived like that. <laughs> you didn't catch it watching cats. <laughs> and all this posturing is like, it's for the benefit of, I, I think about this. So like, nobody really cares how straight you are as a straight guy. No one gives a shit. Like, uh, like I found that, um, like, Gay men are just like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see later. <laughs> like, and, and like, mo like most straight women don't really care that much. In fact, they have so many, they love, they want to fuck their gay friends. <laughs> like, and lesbians, no one cares less than lesbians how straight you are. <laughs> they don't even have a dog in this fight. <laughs> right? You're just like, freeze your sperm and die. <laughs> Please, do the planet a favor. <laughs> oh, so the only people who care are other straight men. Other, it's pretty fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you with this. Uh, so I've, I've, I feel like I have a unique perspective on sex. I've uh, spent most of my life because of where I grew up and how I grew up kind of wishing that I didn't like dick. And I feel like I'm going to go through the rest of my life dreaming that I could quit pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Not because women suck or some sexist bullshit like that, but because... Dick is about a thousand times easier to get. <laughs> it's no comparison. It's not even low-hanging fruit. It's like apples that launch themselves off the trees into your mouth. <laughs> is that a cock apple? I think it is. <laughs> Do you, if you want to have sex with a, a woman, you have to pretend like you're trying to sell someone a timeshare. You're just like, hey, come on down. All the wine you can drink. <laughs> Just listen to my pitch. <laughs> Do you know the difference between Grinder and Tinder? Grinder works. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. That is great. I love that. That was from Brickspot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the other week. Just recently. When you guys pointed at me, was that because you heard my laugh in it? No, it's because you heard fucking you fucking talking, talking. during my mother... Right, <laughs> right under the microphone. Oh, that's yeah. very funny. Yeah. That's very, <laughs> that is such a great bit, though. That is real. Oh, my God. Wait, when you, you, when you did it in Montana, how did it go? It went all right. I mean, like, I got laughs. I was really nervous. Yeah. I was sure. really nervous. Well, when you, you touched on that. Like, uh, yeah. You talked a little bit about, like, my sister and... Her own sexuality, like being with a woman, it's more fluid. It's easier yeah. to accept and yeah. this and that. And actually, they push her to go back to the other way because she's a bit more feminine. And for a guy to go, I'm bisexual, like that's a firm it's, stand. And I have a lot of lines that I don't use in this. I, this is actually, there's a lot more to this bit. This bit, all told, is probably like eight minutes long. And I truncate it down to this. But I've, I came up with a lot of them just because of the pressure, the shame of walking away and feeling the homophobia in the room, uh, the biophobia, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and knowing it was there. How do I know? Oh, because there's a bunch of guys in the back going like, oh, man, no. Oh, man. almost always black guys, mm. black comics being like, oh, no, man. Oh, uh. And I'm just like, and I'm like, and I had that happen one time. And I was just like, by the way, 
it's not strictly one culture, one race. It's all over the place. I, oh, they're just yeah. the most vocal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. just the ones saying it yeah, <laughs> during yeah. the set. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, and I finally, like, I got so, like, frustrated over it. And I just stopped. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to win over the straight guys in the room. <laughs> Let me just say this. You're safe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can get it anytime I want. Yeah. I don't need it from you. Yeah, yeah. And like things like that kept but it was all from just like facing that fucking fear mm-hmm. and knowing I was not being accepted but building the funny and slowly over time being like this is the funny element. This is the funny part. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also just amazing that you can do like this material in front of Kevin Hart and have him that's incredible. And, like, uh, I wish I had that opportunity. Yeah, you do look like the Oscar, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I look I like. I feel like if you were angry, like, kind of frustrated, you would be. <laughs> a great Halloween costume. Pick yeah. your gold. At first, I was very angry when I did this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of anger to it. And now there's not. Um, yeah. But it was like me just, ah, oh, oh, as a rant. Mm-hmm. I even had that told to me by a club owner. You uh, did it in audition. He's like, kind of more of a rant than, like, a collection joke. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And um, I found that, like, I don't need any of that. I don't need any of it. I can just enjoy and love the culture and love and accept and welcome the homophobia and understand it. Be like, it's okay. And like, when I say like, uh, Oh, I want to free you up. Like, let's, you're fine. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a better way to do it. than you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we touched on that before, like having someone come the other way with it from a place where they are, at least it could be not understanding that community or being against it or thinking that there's something wrong with bisexuality mm-hmm. or homosexuality and being able to put them in a place where they are able to laugh, kind of point out how silly they're being and mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff. That is so much more cathartic and has such better progress than just going, you, you know, you homophobic, you. Yes. When I do it like this, it's not as divisive. I'm not telling a group of people that they're wrong. I'm, I'm like pointing out that like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, uh, and you're kind of welcoming closeted men out. I, uh, that is a bit, by the way, that's why. Yeah. So so this whole thing came from like, uh, wanting to fuck this closet. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Craving closet cases. No, it came from me realizing that staying in the closet, cause I was in the closet about it till I was 30. And then I was like, Oh, I, I'm never going to be whole and complete until I'm open about this. And then on top of that, if I'm going to do stand up, I can't have this big ass stupid secret. And then on top of that, I was like, oh, by staying in the closet, I am reinforcing homophobia. My pet theory is that the major source of homophobia isn't straight men. It's bisexual men in the closet who are projecting and trying to deal with the fact that they can't ever... I mean, that's like you see it all the time. Those preachers and those and those congressmen and everything that get caught with like fucking yeah, red yeah. boys and whatever. Like it's like or just like frat dudes, like frat yeah. dudes. Like they're like, yeah, it's like, you're not a man unless you grab another man's dick and he grabs yours and you walk around in circles and blindfolds. Also, there's <laughs> something where we drink cum. Yeah. Come on, this isn't. This don't is just, don't be. Yeah, don't be a fat kid. Don't suck his dick to get in. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? it's 100. percent Well, yeah, the way you approach that, I. I Again, I just I get in so many art and I love 
their motivation because they want to help these groups and they want to be defenders of those who otherwise other people would attack or take advantage of. So they're not in the wrong. But I always say, do you want to win or do you want it to get better? And what you are doing, because you could go out there and go, I'm bisexual, you fucking closeted, blah, 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 blah. And you win. You win. They're wrong. You're right. But by approaching this thing of you, and you could hear it in it, you want it to get better, where you do say, like, it's cool. Like... (laughs) I'm not going to fuck you. I have so much dick coming to me right now. And there's a guy in that audience who was like, that's true. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. I did this at Burning Man. Not a scary place to do it, really. uh, (laughs) I just imagine everyone fucking while you're like, hey, can you guys stop fucking for one second while I could do this bit? Like, listen to (laughs) the violinist that was on top of a unicorn. So uh, anyway, you had to follow Mike. And somehow that thing was less gay than what you were saying. (laughs) So I did it at Burning Man and I had this much longer part about all the things that straight men are afraid to do because they're afraid of being thought of as gay. I call it straight fear is a fear of being thought of as gay. It's not homophobia. It's just, I don't want anybody to think I'm gay. And I have this whole thing about that and trying to like, just like, let it go. Let's fucking do what you want to do. It's fine. Do you know that you don't want to uh, suck a dick? Great. Then you know you're not, it's fine. I did this whole thing on that. And this 66 year old man comes over to me in tears with his wife. And he's like, you have no idea the number of things I don't do that I wish I could do because I, I'm afraid that my friends and people will think I'm gay, that they're just not that masculine or whatever. And I've lived my whole life like that. And to hear you say this. And I was like, really? Oh. Oh. <laughs> that keeps you going forever. Yes. It was like, that was like, oh, that's fuel for the tank. I'm just going to keep doing this. It'll touch the right people and maybe help. But I, and again, I want to make people laugh first and foremost, but this is a, vulnerable personal bit it was so scary and so so much vulnerability with it Um, especially because of like where i grew up of like just like oh my god the homophobia is still strong in montana it's it's deep i think the montana mascot is a guy being homophobic i think it's a guy (laughs) (laughs) just kind of over shoulder going yeah (laughs) and so like this to me was probably the most courageous even though it's not that big of a deal in new york it's it's so not but building it and creating it and just for me personally was hard. Yeah, probably less of a big deal here in New York. But still, like, I mean, you know better than anybody that bisexual is still something oh, that's yeah. not. I was just hearing someone talk about it. it's like the one that no one will ever fully embrace or like culture is having too hard a time because oh, it's yeah. not it's too gray area. Uh-huh. But also like within your point, I'm yeah, like women will always. Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it'll never stick, Jeffrey. <laughs> stick to one or stick to the other. It's kind of like the thing you said about gay men. Some gay men were like, oh, we'll see if you're bi. You might be. I, you no, might. They, it comes from that side, too. Well, that's what oh, I'm saying. Yeah. It's like gay men will be like. They don't even believe it. You don't even. You're like, you're just pretending they're like, like they're pussy. They're like, look, I lied to everybody forever. Yeah. You must be, too. And I know men that are bi that, that really love fucking women, but they're like, Please don't tell this woman I'm talking to right now that I'm bi. Don't mention it because it might scare her off, which is like super homophobic or biophobic. And manipulative, really, because like it's it's, that's information that people should be consenting to like, this is part of me. Totally. Um, I have found in my own experience, owning it 100% like and just being like, yep. Totally. It's fine. The women are just like, okay, you're okay with it? I guess I am too. Yeah. Almost all the time. There is a a moment on a date, they call it the woke straight girl moment, which is where I'll let them know. 
and then I'll see it land and I'll see it land. And then there's a split second where the real thought is like, Oh, I don't want that. But then, but then the next one is, Oh, I have always kind of wanted to seem open-minded. Uh, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. You should talk about that on stage. Yes, I, yeah. I've done it. That's it. Are the points you hit, were they things you had articulated in social circles before, or was it kind of like, what we were talking about, how like you had the courage to say it on stage first before really kind of saying it at all. Of course, you were acting on it. I don't but. think I knew. That's not something I didn't know you were by before the set. Is that something you tell other comics? Yeah, I'm totally open about it, but I'm not like I don't. If I had asked you. Yeah, if I'd asked. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I don't hide it at all. I'm open about it, but it's also not something that's like I'm wearing all the time. Yeah. You know, so like it just is. Um, what's your, if I can jerk myself off, what's your one <laughs> sentence for this joke? What's your one sentence sum up? That's a great question. The one sentence is that male bisexuality is, and always has been a fact of human existence and that our taboo around it is very silly. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. And if I got a second sentence, I would also say that the only people that the straight man fear, this thing of being thought of as gay or whatever, is a box. It's a it's a it's a prison that they're creating for themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's it. I had a nobody else cares. I had a coworker use the phrase a cage of masculinity and it still yeah, sits with me. Like I was that. like, wait, what cage. do you mean? Yeah. And she'd like it was it was really cool. For me, I got the sense of it of you saying, I'm okay being bisexual and so should you. Yeah. And that so yeah. should you yes. should be you should be okay with me being bisexual. You should be okay with you probably being bisexual or not being bisexual. Or not. We should all just be okay yeah. with yeah. That. I think that's an undercurrent for me in general is just like what like is this like fucking a like why do we care about things that don't matter like this that don't really affect you like so much and then the things that are like huge we don't like like oh yeah who fucks who affects basically no one um but the people involved yeah and yet then we're gonna focus on that and be like god oh man the bible said or whatever your your perspective is to me that's just like wow but the priorities are so fucked i've got a question because you preface it with like i talked about polyamory growing up christian in montana when you do this bit early without that material prefacing it, I know that it doesn't directly preface it, but it does like introduce you have an alternative lifestyle. Generally, you also grew up in a very conservative situation. So like it also like ups the stakes. If you were from like, I'm Montclair, New Jersey, raised by two hippies that, you know, like gave you pot for the first time. You're you coming out as bisexual would not seem like as big a deal to the audience, maybe. But you've already set up. I already was in a situation where, like, if I come out of the closet, people might become violent against me or people would oust me entirely. So do you think you need that prefacing autobiographical stuff to get into this? No, I never used to. Like, I would do do an entire set at an open mic Uh that was just this and i would just come out when i first i was so blunt about it at yeah. first and now i have better ways to get into it but i would just be like so i'm i'm bisexual did it work and then i would wait oh yeah like i but i, yeah. I mean that was sort of like the first thing i do like that, that that first part and when people go woo and you go no the first one was right yeah because <laughs> <laughs> what it does is it sets the tone not of just about what you're talking about but how you feel about your own sexuality and sexuality in general mm-hmm. and that's such a big mm-hmm. like mine is i tell people i look like alan and my response to looking like alan or how people will tell me that it says more than what I look like. There's comics who bash that opening joke of this is what I am or yeah. this is who I look like, but it sets the stage for 
everything else to come. Yes. I used to be super like, I was doing with a hammer instead of a scalpel. When I would start that bit, I didn't know what to expect. I was just going to say it and then keep going. And I had my jokes. And when I first started doing it, like the things would just come out as I would write it. I remember like I I wrote one thing just in response because I would say it and the room would just go deadly fucking silent. And I'd be like, God, here I am in New York and it's this fucking polarizing. It's this much here. And, and I, and then I just would be like, do you hear that? It's like an airlock opened on starship straight. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And like, like, or things like that. I had lines like that, that eventually came from this, the feeling of like, they do not accept this. They do not accept me. Okay, fuck it. I don't care. I will do this. And then eventually, because I was so confident saying it, people started wooing or cheering because they would take my demeanor. So then Mm -hmm. I started flipping it back around and I would say it like a wimp. And I would, I'd be like bisexual and then and oh, yeah. to manipulate them into not into <laughs> into not being supportive be like oh this is guy's kind of sad and, then, <laughs> and, then, and like so then and then that became hack because then, then that wore out and yeah. i was like oh this doesn't work anymore so then all these tactics until eventually now where i'm at is i'm just so comfortable with it and i'm ready for anything they throw at me and i can just shower them with warmth and love and be like it's whatever reaction you have to this i get it like I understand and let me tell you like it ain't nothing compared to growing up with it so yeah (laughs) well it's interesting because I think it gets better like vocal reaction when you couch it with other material the material did before Uh or just like you know more Uh bits and bits and bits but I think in terms of like you performing it for an audience you want to perform it for just people that are like, I don't mean open-minded in the like, like gluten free crowd. I just mean like, like genuinely open-minded people that love comedy and want to laugh. Like no matter what the response is vocally, you're going to be interesting. No one, like if you, if you ever would feel like that was bombing, I don't think that was bombing. I think what that was, was them being introduced to something that they needed to process. So I think it's genius to put it at the end of your set. Or, you know, if you were doing like a 30 minute set, like in the middle of the Mm -hmm. set, because they got to get to know you so that you can do something like this. Mm -hmm. And I think, regardless of their response, they're not going to text through this. That's what I'm saying. Yes, that's true. Like people are listening. Yes. They are so listening to it. I love it too. Like I see people like thanking me with their eyes when I'm doing it. I've had people come up to me so many times after this, but I've also had times where I know I didn't do the job and like where Mm -hmm. it's just like, Fuck, I didn't because I was so defensive and I, I felt them and I got I got nervous because I was like, they don't accept me. Yeah. And like which part of it could also be in your head, depending on the audience, because mm-hmm. some of it you could just be like they're staring at you. And in your eyes, it's like you don't accept bisexuality, but it could be just like, I don't know anything about the lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I don't yeah, know you what you can see the body language, though, like the, you know, the crossing. Of well, the it's also it's also it's probably easier to find it in a the a macho man like you can see it on certain people's faces mm-hmm. but i bet certain people they're staring because they are wondering what what you're gonna say one of my favorite things to do now is to do it in a black room uh-huh. and watch them hate the beginning of it and yeah. be and be utterly on board at the end and guys like high five me that's so and funny. like oh, yeah. and i'm like i'm like yes <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I beat 
through that part of that culture. Like, I, yeah. I, I, like, I, like, oh, it's so fucking cool. That's yeah. very, I, well, yeah, I think the disappointment too of like you not getting it across, that's different. Like, if you have a bad set, we've all done that, but if, if but with content that we were like, oh, those were my living in New York jokes mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. da, 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 da. this, if it's one of those ones for me, it's the interracial dating. Mm-hmm. If I don't do that one justice, that really bothers really hurts. me that one hurts because yeah. i'm like oh that's at my core mm-hmm. and i was hoping to do some good here it's the one yeah. time i want to do good ah, and and it, it's but, not the one time brian but it, it's it because it's the most earnest part of who you are and yeah, yeah and yeah. I, that that sucks that the stakes of not only just being funny we've talked about that about how hard that can be it but also on top of that just getting that acceptance the reason why we do it in the first place but then doubling down on not I mean, just it's yeah courage heart heart it's your heart you're like oh this is hey this is who i am and this is what i really think and there's power in that and there's also just devastation when it doesn't work yeah you care I don't give a fuck about some of my jokes. I just use them to show I'm funny so I can get into other things. When they don't work, it's like, eh. But when it's the thing I care about, oh, but it's also the most powerful stuff because people don't forget it. Yeah, I mean, but when it does hit, oh my God. I know, I know. (laughs) Because then your truth is hitting. Yeah. Uh, It's not a joke hitting. Well, I don't know if we were talking about it was you or I talking about it, or it was, it was another comic I was talking to, and they were like, "Oh, it was Mikey Mays." We were talking about what what are these jokes that we want to hit that have these truths and this and that. And he goes, "Why do we aim for those?" I go, "Because they're hard jokes versus easy jokes." Yeah. Why do you? Why do you? Why do you? Why, why do you go for the bullseye? Yeah. yeah. Like that points. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. That, that that's the thing. I was like, yeah. He's like, man, I don't know why we keep. I was like, because we could do easy jokes. We have the complete ability for to sure. do hacky easy jokes. We do. And two are the cat skills, but we want to do these like hard ones that are, are chased. And, and that's the allure of the fear. That's what, that's where courage comes back in again. Like you it's look like people base jump for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's thrilling to be afraid and do it anyway. This is, that's the thing we're like, we're putting ourselves out there to be like to, 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 that powerful, like the pack that they don't accept me. That's the possibility. But to, tap dance around that and it's land jumping it. out of the plane and hoping that your bag has a parachute in it. It's <laughs> you're just like, well, here we go. It's more like with the, with, I would say I packed the shoot the best of my ability and I yes. practice it over yes, and over yes, and yes, over yes. again. <laughs> but as you jump out, you're like, I hope I did that fold. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or it's more like if you're like white water rafting and it was like, well, I, I hope there aren't like waterfalls on this river. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought I checked. I the map looked right. at the map and I don't think there are waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> but I better not take the wrong route because there are waterfalls over there. Yeah, because every, I've every gone crowd down is a water different, bone. every river is different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I do want to take a quick side note. I can just hear it. There are people out there who will definitely be thinking to themselves, you know, this is very binary. It's very to me. I, I specifically use the word bisexual from the biological perspective. Yeah, yeah. I just say my behavior is I have and do have sex with those who have male genitalia and those who have female. Yeah. So that's why I use Oh, that you're term. nervous about Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't even, you're politics. worried that you have to be pansexual <laughs> now like, because other genders exist. I'm just like explaining like 
I don't give a fuck about the identity politics element of it at all. I'm just from a strictly like like Alfred Kinsey biological perspective. I, but it's, also, it's one yeah. of those things like we can only talk about one thing at a time. And so, like, <laughs> if you had to like bring in all the other stuff, you'd lose everything. Come on, let's talk about sex. This is a completely different kind of fear and a completely different kind of courage. This next bit is by Tignataro. It is from her 2009 album, Live, and it's called Hello, I Have Cancer. I am now very thrilled, and uh, it is my great privilege to bring to the stage someone who is uh, extremely nice, extremely funny, extremely warm-hearted, and wonderful, and also was on The Office once, and is a very, very dear friend who I love and cherish, and you do too, of course. I'm talking about Tig Notaro. Yeah. Hello. Good evening. Hello. I have cancer. How are you? Hi. How are you? Is everybody having a good time? I have cancer. How are you? Uh, it's a good time. Diagnosed with cancer. Uh, feels good. Just diagnosed with cancer. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's weird because with humor, the equation is tragedy plus time equals comedy. I am just at tragedy <laughs> right now that's just where i am in the equation oh it's fine i uh well I'll, here's what happened i went i'm gonna get it's very personal found a lump guys relax everything's fine i have cancer <laughs> found a lump Got a mammogram. You know, they're doing the ultrasound. They're like, oh, we found a lump. I was like, oh, no, that's my boob. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, no, 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 we we found a lump on the other side, too. I was like, yeah, I got one over there, too. (laughs) Those are my boobs. ended up getting biopsies, uh, which is painful. feels like being stabbed. I felt like I'd been rear-ended all day and then just dropped off back at my house. I couldn't move or anything. Um, and it was, just, it was so like, intrusive and horrible. And I was just like, God, after all of these like, ice pick stabbing feelings, I better have cancer. Huh. Somebody over here just keeps going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think she might really have cancer. <laughs> Who, who's taking this really bad? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. 
It's going to be okay. It might not be okay, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it's okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. That entire set is one of the most beautiful pieces of comedy. I recommend you buy it to listen. Listen to it. It's so good. It's so amazing. It's uplifting and sad. On the fly. Hilarious. I don't think this fits the theme, though, because we're doing courage, and I think she's fearless in this. Hmm. What she does after this set is super courageous, fighting through cancer, and her approach to fighting cancer. But there's something that you can hear in her voice that's just like, I don't, I don't care what these people think of me right now. I am going through something. And the only thing I'm really fearing right now is my own, you know, fatality, potential fatality. But who knows? I have no idea what's going through her head, but I would say that going on stage in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of grief and fear for your, for your life, going on stage and saying, I'm, going to push through all that and I'm going to make people laugh about it. I think that takes courage because like, that's not a safe material. Like you're, you're like true, but I don't think she fears them. I think she, she, she fears like her own death and that this is going to be a hard road. But I feel like in the context of her just performing stand up, I feel like she might've been in a situation where she's like, I mean, I also listened to this or an interview talking about how this all happened with her. And she said something about like, she was just going to cancel this show. She was just like, I don't, I don't want to do stand up. And then she kind of had just like a realization of like, no, if there's ever, a t- if this might be my last time doing stand up, there's a chance this could be my last time doing stand up. So I'm going to do stand up. And I think that's so beautiful and wonderful. Oh, and, and by I'm the so, way, we're she, so lucky. She's fine. She, she never had cancer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you, I thought she had she had. Uh, she did. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's a uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. It oh, turns out like, puberty just hit her. <laughs> <legs. Yeah. laughs> yeah. No, I think I. I mean, above all, it's just a really it's a really good bit. Yeah, it is. It's such a well, good. How she says. Like, she, she's like she's introducing herself. Hi, I have cancer. Like that is yeah. such a funny well, line. The, the I have cancer. How are you? The con- the contrast between <laughs> the heaviest thing you can say yeah. about your own life. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna die, or I have a, a yeah. fatal. And then how are you? I have yeah. cancer. How are so you? So funny. It, that contrast is hilarious. And just off the bat, I have cancer. Yeah. Just the first thing. I mean, to just dig that hole right away mm-hmm. and know. I mean, she's also like, you know, quite the veteran of comedy. Yeah. I like it's And then is everyone having a good time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. To, to say like, I, I don't know. It's hard to say if she was afraid or not, but I think it was brave to decide to try it. Yeah, I think well, it's definitely bravery. I just think she's so like, I I I can feel how. What, what I feel like what she's fearing is just the the situation. There's multiple definitions, but I, I, maybe this would go back to the original definition, which is to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. You you know what? You are right. She is because in this album, well, fearless if you and to, courageous can bleed into each other. I mean, that's yeah, another thing, sure. too. There's moments where 
we've been fearless. And then you look back and go, I should have been much more afraid of what was going <laughs> on around me. Yeah. And they can also go into each other. I'm sure there was part of her that was as a comedian, because we're always that. We, I, I mean, worried about the crowd. Worried about, we're worried about having a bad set. She sack. says that a lot during that. She'll like, do you guys want me to go back to talking about bees on the freeway? Yeah. Like she has like a few and it's this wonderful moment later in the album where she's like, do you, am I just bumming everyone out? And this guy in the back, she's like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the coolest heck I'll ever heard. That's one of the most, just get a little sentimental. This is one of my things, one of the things I love about stand up comedy so much that it takes us to the, our deepest, darkest fears, our, our, our most deeply held biases to all these things and shines the light in the darkness and makes us laugh in those moments to laugh in the, against the void uh, uh, laugh into the, like, no, you're going to die. You're going to like, this is, this is people are, it's, it's full of hate and war and all these things. And then to take us there and make us laugh. And for a moment, make it okay. Yeah. For a moment. That's, that is, I love that comedy can do that. It's what me and my girlfriend were at dinner last night and we were like, we were done with dinner and we were just hanging out and she was, we were just talking about stand up and me pursuing stand up. And she was like, just to throw it out there. What if stand up super popular? It's really trendy right now. What if it yeah. dies as a trend? What if yeah. it ends? What if stand? What if people have just decided as a culture we don't want stand up? I'm like, there will never not be stand up, sweetie. There's always been stand up. And she's like, even in caveman days, it was like, yes, there had to be a guy yeah. that made every situation better because he joked about it. It was, and then she was like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I was like, it's then, just like music. It's like, no, people always like did like dr- tribal drumming and stuff. It's like, while they did tribal drumming, that would end, and then one guy would tell a funny story. And like that's where the, the came from. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's too And then there was a couple chests. cave women who were like, I can't believe he talked about that. That's that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Not okay. He, he's like a cisgendered Neanderthal. Yeah. yeah. I gotta go to a safe space cave. <laughs> well <laughs> we cave. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said it earlier, like it was never to teach, it was to make people feel better who have been through stuff. And so it is another full circle. And my mom was never a big fan of me doing stand-up. Like especially when I started and even now she's like only now that she's like seen me get handed checks because yeah. I tell the booker to hand them to me in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm like my mom is here tonight. Please hand this check in That's front hilarious. of her. And so only now and it's just a mother worried about her son's safety. That's mm-hmm. all, her insecurity and all that stuff. But I remember uh, when my dad I mean, he didn't he didn't leave like but they got divorced and we didn't know what we were going to do and uh, I sat on the couch or we sat on the stairs and my mom was crying and I was like at first I was like I wanted to be helpful and I was like it's okay mom I'll I'll be your husband and then I realized that that was weird and I just had to I was like but not like that like I was like I was like <laughs> a third grade and I and I always tell my mom I was like that moment was big for me because I wanted you to be happy I wanted you to be happy in that moment and then years later she was diagnosed with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and so she had to go through chemotherapy. She had to go through that stuff. And we had a flip of roles. My mom has always hated too soon jokes or stuff. My mom, to this day, she uses a phrase. Whenever I do a too soon joke, she'll go, Brian, that was a 9-11 joke on 9-12. Oh, that's actually very funny. It's really yeah. funny, but yeah. it's so fucked up. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I just mentioned that the chicken was dry from yesterday. Like, that's not, let's not compare it to 9-11. Ah! Oh, she's misusing it. Yeah, and now she's, she's offensive. And now she's offensive. Yeah. And but I remember so she's going through chemotherapy and she never really invited us because it's it's 
it's not a great process to watch. Yeah. But I remember she was. Yeah, not a lot of YouTube videos. Not a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> um, but the nurse is trying to find a needle or try to find a vein for her. And I'm sitting. It's the first time I've ever seen her go through chemotherapy. And they can't find it. I can oh, see my mom so, in pain. Yeah. I can see her in pain. And I'm like a junior in high school. And I snap. And I'm like, can you find the fucking vein? Uh, uh. And my, you know, and she got it and this and that. And my mom was like, if only I was a heroin addict. <laughs> and, uh, and it felt like this flip thing of like, yeah, it was these moments. That's that funny. Because, and I tell people that too, the people who get offended by stuff, the people who get upset by stuff, I go, before you do that, this might be how someone's getting through it. There's, this is how a lot of us mm-hmm. are getting through it. Mm-hmm. My grandmother has Alzheimer's right now, and she's had it for a bit, and she does not know who I am when I go and visit her, which sucks because I was the nicest to her. Uh, she remembers everyone else. Um, and I remember my sister had a joke about, she was like, why are you upset? I was like, she doesn't remember me. She's like, Brian, I'm gay. I have to keep coming out to her over and over and over again. And it was that moment where, and that's what I try to tell people. I was like, I need that joke to get through this. Like that's, and I know I was like, I'm not alone in that. And so that's where we talk about the courage and people getting upset when standups are being courageous and talking about things that are sensitive and talking about stuff that maybe is taboo or shouldn't be talked about. Or goes against the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's that thing of some of us do need this. Some of us need to talk about our sexuality and hopefully open up the door to someone else's. Someone needs to talk about Alzheimer's or talk about uh, uh, interracial relationships. And some people just need to talk about getting, you know, all the sex and blowjobs that they get on. on I am and, and the struggle and the struggle with that. Like, it, 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 just like the number of times I've seen him just crying his, at, because he's, he's the pussy is too much. Remember. Remember, comedy's tragedy, and then uh, I do time. have bits about having sex addiction. <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh, I, I, first of all, plight. I'm one of your biggest fans, and I would I would even go as far as to say only. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, what I'm talking about. But you, yeah, we all find those challenges, and it's something that we need. It's something that, for at least for us, maybe we're screaming into the void, but I don't think so because people come up to you at the end and go, "I wish there was more stuff I could do." People come up to you, and you're like, "I thank you for being vulnerable." because I can be vulnerable and people are to me, at least for me, people are like, thank you for talking about tough topics because yeah. now I don't feel so bad near them. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's wrap up. Okay. So a huge thanks to Brian Ank. Thank you, Brian. This has been great. This has been awesome. Yeah. Let's do some plugs. So Brian, you're going to be in Rochester, New York, right? <laughs> home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will be home for like two weeks are, around. Are you going to be doing any shows there? That club's called The Living Room, right? You it's called The Living room. the Living room. I'm on the couch. Yeah. yeah. You have a residency. Um, I have a residency <laughs> in the living room. It's like Seinfeld at the well, beacon. I'm just reading what you told the No, intern. I know, but he's doing <laughs> shitty bits. Yeah, yeah. I just know his mom. Um... Okay, so um, <laughs> that's, that's the first plug, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in Rochester for two weeks. I'll probably be at uh, Comedy in the Carlson uh, or, and, and a couple other rooms over there. I think we're going to do a holiday show in Syracuse on the 27th. Hopefully, we're still putting all that together, but I'm back in Rochester a lot. The the fun one is in Washington D.C. January 16th through the 20th, I think. I'll yes, be there doing a bunch here. of different stuff. I'll be in the DMV area, uh, DC, 
Okay. Oh, I thought you were just like in the No, I know. I'm going to be in a deep. No, they all call the DMV <laughs> there. They're like, license. yeah, I'm at the D. I'm like, it's so crazy how many comics here work in automotive <laughs> license. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Where can they find out about that? I'll probably put stuff on my website, uh, brianank.com, uh, E-N-C-K, or it's on my Instagram uh, and Twitter and right. all that fun And your stuff. Instagram, you can follow our guest. Uh, his Instagram is bank. That's at B-E-N-C-K, bank. And then that's uh, Brian Ank, his full name. At that's the Twitter handle. Uh, at Facebook, he's Brian dot Ank dot one. And then his website, of course, as he said, is uh, BrianAnk dot com. We have a couple things to plug. Of course, come on down to Brick Spot Comedy at the wonderful V Spot Organic in Manhattan. Thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, to the Carabano Brothers. They're so great. Alex Carabano himself is a fantastic comedian. Unbelievable. He kills. You kills, should book kills. him. He is super he's funny. So yeah, I've never he, seen him not murder. I know. He's gotten insanely good. He, he was already good, but in the last nine months, I've just watched him just like explode. It's yeah, so great. It's so he's he ha- has allowed us to renovate that back room. It's turned into so much fun. Mm-hmm. Go to brickspotcomedy.com to see our schedule. It's usually free, although we'll be, we're going to start charging here pretty quick. Now we have like big, huge name guests that are coming on all our Friday shows. And, and there the, are other shows yeah, there, the too. the room is full. It's awesome. It's, it's a great so room. It's so good. It's so fun. And then, of course, if you want to support Let's Talk About Sets, as always, you can sign up on Patreon.com. You can provide us with a monthly patronage, $5, $10. Somebody else just signed up today. Thank you! If you don't want to do it monthly, we will also go ahead, just send it to us via PayPal. That's Jeff at Let's Talk About Sets.com. Or Venmo me, Jeff hyphen McBride. You can also send Harrison money. I was about to say, it's interesting that Harrison's not on. It's There's some really good financial reasons why. <laughs> no, I know. I lived with him. Yeah. <laughs> but you could feel feel free to send Harrison money. He definitely accepts it. Uh, is there a way? Just Harrison's hyphen tweed. Harrison's the hyphen tweed. Harrison is the hyphen tweed. No, Harrison uh, hyphen tweed. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, we I tweeted out both of our Venmo accounts on the Twitter sphere, so you can look at them there. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Don't do that. Send the money to me. (laughs) Don't waste your money. That's true. It's just gonna go to lung cancer. So let's. If you want to find out more about our guests, head to letstalkaboutsets.com. Check out those show notes. I have all the links and everything in the show notes. You can also get a lot more information about our episodes because they're organized by theme and the comedians that we discuss. You can get our episodes automatically every other week. Just subscribe to the podcast. It's every other Monday. And then special thanks to Dave Chappelle, Tig Notaro, and then I also Jeff McBride. He, he had a bit on here as well. And then, um, as always, uh, Salt and pepper. So great. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. Uh, it's a special place in my heart for all the not suing that you do. Mm. So thank you. I love you. Bye. Sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.